It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Now That's What I Call Parenting Hell, Volume 5. So have you had any big bust-ups then with your uh, teenager? Yeah, Yeah, we've had loads of rows, yeah. And anything in particular that's a bit of a sticking point that it's not getting resolved, it keeps cropping up? Me breathing, me waking her up in the morning. (laughs) So what's your schedule? Uh, I get her up. Now we're back at school. In the Easter holidays, she was sleeping until gone 11, 12 most days. I've been getting her up now by nine, like with some attempt to have some structure. Yeah. And she'll get up and sort of get on with it. But yeah, she'll do the morning. Both of them do the morning. They do their work in the morning. And then, to be honest, it's pretty much done by lunchtime. Whether they're doing yeah. it or not, I don't really know. This is the thing we're finding, is a lot of parents who are homeschooling are saying they're just knocking it out in the morning. Yeah. Do you think schools are a bit long? Uh, I think a lot of what goes on in school isn't the academic learning anyway. It's all the other yeah. stuff around it. And that's what I'm feeling sad that they're missing out on, really. Yeah. The academic yeah. stuff, I just think it's, that's just data, isn't it? I mean, they'll retain that. Or can... Otherwise, if teaching was just about like learning information there wouldn't be schools they'd all be doing open university wouldn't they from age four yeah but like they need to go to school they need to see their mates they need to sort of have their little feuds even it's all part of their development but she said to me the other day mum why are you so aggressive (laughs) i'm like that's my brand that's my brand That's who I am. That's my USB. Yeah, Elsie couldn't be less interested in, um, you know, my comedy and stuff like that. I did, we we got asked to do these little clips, like, for your lockdown. We made a little clip. So we sort of did some comedy sketches and stuff. And mm. she got involved. She was a bit more interested in that. But yeah. when I was, like, trying to sort of explain how to do it, she was like, well, what do you know? I'm like, well, I do mm. know. I work in comedy. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got quite a funny story about that, about parenting. It's a bit name-droppy if you uh, uh, suffer that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, basically, when me and Romish was doing the Shania Twain episode for our series about country music, we went a bit Shania Twain, and after a show, we was in the dressing room, like drinks there with her and all her family and friends, and her son was there, he's like 17, and he wants, and they live in Switzerland, and he wants to go to LA to be a music producer, right? And Shania Twain, we're in this weird conversation with Shania Twain, one of the, you know, the greatest selling female artists of all time, one of the greatest selling artists of all time, is saying to him, look, go to London, move to London and learn your trade there, and then when you get a bit older, then go to LA. You don't want to go to LA before you've become that like, formed as a person, right? Yeah. And uh, he went, Oh, shut up, Mum. What do you know about the music industry? 
you don't know anything about production. And I just stood there. Amir Rubbish cracked up. And like, we're in the O2 arena that she just sold out after like, moving from a small town to Nashville to become this mega star. And it doesn't matter who you are. Kids will never, never listen to their parents. Carrie, do you think your children are like proud of what you do? <laughs> they don't think they like me much. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know about my daughter. I don't think it's so hard to sort of navigate her 13-year-old yeah. personality and hormones. It's so complex in there, to be honest. I don't know, really. I think my son is. I think my son's proud. But they, as I say, he's still little and sweet and sort of malleable, you know. Yeah. The teen thing has been massive and really sudden. Like, she was still, before she got a phone and started at secondary school and stuff like that, I still felt relatively in, in control of her life. But as soon yeah. as that began, I felt like there was this huge shift. And it's normal and natural. And I talked about it with parents that have got kids older, and they all say it's all not like even, the, you know, Shania Twain. It's like, <laughs> it's all normal. <laughs> But it's really yeah. hard as a parent to let them go and let them move yeah. on. When they start, there's all these milestones. Like when they start school, you have to let go. I'd love to let go at this moment, Kerry. Absolutely yeah, love to let go. But... I think this must be a really tough age to be in the lockdown with your little oh, girl. No. Your little girl? She's I'm leaving her. Josh. Josh, I found out today, you, your daughter goes down for a 90-minute nap, and I, I, I think you're moaning too much about this lockdown. No. I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, but I use that 90-minute nap to do this. Why? I like to work around the diaries of our guests and let them choose the time. Oh, shut up. Oh. If, I, if my kid was on a 90-minute nap, I would be starting this as soon as they woke up. That's how I'd write it. <laughs> and that is why I am a good husband. <laughs> Um, obviously, you've you've, uh, you've got like a houseful, Jason. But if for mm. like a, in a bit of magic that like your wife and all your children just got disappeared for twenty four hours and it was still locked down and you had the entire house to yourself and the day to yourself, what would you do? Mm. What would that day look like? I think it would half the day would be I try and sort out my um, ultimate team on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've still got a right back at who's seventy six. Um, so I'd probably sort, I'd sort that out. I'd definitely do that. Um, and but, but I mean, trying to crack it. I mean, trying to sort this house out. We've done nothing but clean. Yeah, spring clean the house. And but it's like you know, it's like shoveling snow while it's snowing when you've got kids around. It's just relentless. And so I think what would be nice would be just to get to a point where everywhere was lovely and tidy and done. And then I could bring them all back and go, right, we, at least I know now that the, the, the basics are done. Yeah. So I could just keep on top of it. Just that's a, been a, the a fresh nightmare. start with the house. Oh, the, what a treat the that The crumb would be. situation. In, uh, oh. We will hoover and there'll be just crumbs to the point now where the local birds are flying into the back door because they know there's going to be food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> We've become like Trafalgar Square, mid-90s. It's feeding ground. Yeah, so I'd probably I'd do a bit of FIFA, sort the house out. And um, I started um, one of those, the career mode the other day. And uh, my wife was sort of asleep next to us. And I thought, I'll just get a start on this. And she woke up at one point. And, I, and obviously, you started like a youth player. My wife woke up. She said, what are you doing? And I'm, I said, I'm just playing FIFA. She said, why aren't you playing? I said, I'm waiting to get on. <laughs> she said, you what? I said, I'm just waiting to get on. I'm, 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 new, I'm, new, I'm new to the team, so I don't get, I get that last 10 minutes for a few weeks. Or I, 
you know, I'll make a name for myself. Uh, she said, you've got half an hour to play football and you're spending most of it sat on the bench watching the computer playing football. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough game, isn't it? It's a tough game out there. Oh, hey, let, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Right? Uh, in your house, is there like a chores league table with your wives? No, well, on, on a Sunday or yeah. I'm trying to get it moved to Saturday um, right. is, is cleaning day. So we do all the cleaning oh. in one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like um, one of us will take my daughter and then the other one will clean. And to be honest, last week... I was I was just desperate to do the cleaning because you're just in your own yeah. world. Yeah, you put the radio on, you yeah, can podcast. Right. On. I know. Well, I, I discovered ironing the other week. Do you remember ironing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I rem- and I got a flashback to my dad doing it. So my so my when my wife does it, she's in we've got a little utility room out the back and she does that, she does what she needs to do. I got this pile of ironing, lads, let me tell you. It is it's the secret. It is the Really. It, this is the dream. Ironing board in the living room. Telly on. Oh, oh yeah. Nobody, nobody bothers you because oh. nobody wants to do the job. Yeah. Nobody checks on you. Yeah. Nobody comes in to check. And also, oh, what's a seven-year-old going to moan about a crease in his pants? <laughs> like, there's yeah. no comeback. No. There's no comeback. And also, if you're holding a red iron and the, mm-hmm. something's happening, you go, oh, can you grab the kids? I've got this. Yeah. yeah. Got the iron. yeah. It's like having a hot cup of tea with a baby in it. Oh, do you mind? I've just got this. One second. <laughs> I got a flashback of my dad. My dad used to do the ironing on a Saturday afternoon in front of Grandstand. Ah. And I now and I suddenly went, oh, my God, he was ahead of the curve, that man, watching final score, doing the ironing. Nobody bothered him. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? What used to be a job when you've got kids suddenly becomes your escape. Oh, oh my God. Recycling with a podcast bin. Oh. oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> that pornographic. I put the bins out yesterday. It was like two weeks in Iron Apple. <laughs> Have you got have you got any like if you had one tip that you've kind of learned that's actually helped you parenting in lockdown? Is there is there anything that you've kind of gone, oh, that would really help other people parent in lockdown? It's hard, isn't it? I think because, you know, when again when you when when we talk about pre lockdown or early lockdown, Jason, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about learning Portuguese and sign language and maybe the, the ukulele. <laughs> And now I'm just trying to get through it roughly within the same boxing weight category as I started. God, I would hate to patronise anybody by giving them tips on how to parent. Crikey. What you end up doing is playing this weird like game of, I call it top tired or not tired uh, with your wife, which is essentially, unless you are the most tired, you're not tired at all. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works, like in relationships. And so you're constantly on this, like you're just dropping things into conversation. You know, I did I did the washing the other day and, uh, you know, my wife said, oh, nice when you're doing that. I said, yeah, I thought I'd get it done. And she she meant to say it as a compliment, but what she said was, um, oh, no, it's really good that you're doing that because it's knackering in. I've done it for the last five weeks. And then she left. And <laughs> so what she left me with was I've not been doing, even though I am oh. doing the washing right now in the present, I've not been doing it yeah. for the last five weeks, you know. So it, there's those little, mm. those little like digs. I had a moment. Let me tell you this. I had a moment. At least you didn't take it with you, Jason, and then uh, <laughs> and then hold it. it with you until you asked about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you this. When we first started the uh, lockdown, I said to the kids, "Right, we've done. A, I've done a schedule. I think that's my tip. Actually, uh, is schedule, schedule, and routine. That is the only thing that's going to get you through." this whole process. So, you know, I've been getting the kids up 
as if we were going to school. Uh, we start at half nine, so it's, it's not too bad. But, you know, still make sure we're up and dressed and washed yeah. on a school day at the regular school time. And we have a break time at the same time and we have lunch time. I get the kids to make their own lunch. That's been a revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then in the afternoon, we do some chores around the house uh, together. So I get the kids, right, I got you two in charge of the dishwasher. Uh, you guys are going to hoover upstairs. And it's been, you know, it's been quite good in that respect. Um, but what I did on the first day was uh, my wife was in the kitchen. And I was just saying to the kids, right, this is the schedule. We're going to oh, do Joe Wicks. Uh, we do this, do this. What? And we, I said, in the afternoon, we're going to do some chores around the house. I'm going to teach you some domestic stuff. Um, so we'll do that. We'll do the washing. And I, I just heard like a scoff. You know that noise you like, that only your wife can make that just goes right into your heart from another room? She sort of went, ha! And I said, what are you laughing at? She said, oh, you, you're going to teach them washing here. You're going to teach yourself first, are you? And I said, hang on. This is in front of the kids. I went, hang on a minute. I said, I've been using that wash. I've been using a washing machine all my life, man and boy. I know my way around a washing machine. I might not use it at the moment, but I know my way around a washing machine. I was livid, secretly. I was livid. And she said, go on then, show us the, show us the washing machine. I said, don't patronise me. I know how to use a washing machine. And I marched into that utility room. I said, right, guys, you pull the drawer out and you uh, and you, <laughs> and you put your washing, your washing powder in and it was the drawer for the dryer. I wasn't even looking at the right machine. <laughs> I just stood there with the wrong drawer. <laughs> Alison Hammond, welcome to the show. We finally got you on with me and Josh. Um, Hello. The uh, the tech situation got a bit hairy. Well, we should tell the we should tell the listeners that basically we've had half an hour of tech troubles, and about twenty eight minutes into that, <laughs> I'd given up hope that it was going ahead. So yeah, I'm not I've not got my game head on. You was literally out there. I know. I was done. <laughs> I was cooked, mate. I I never, on that last attempt, I thought this would never work. And then you plugged something in, Alison, and you went, yeah, that was perfect. I was like, what's happened in the last 28 minutes? I literally, I was like a technical genius. Well done. (laughs) I went to inputs and outputs. I was all over it. (laughs) Alison, could you give the uh, listeners a quick rundown on your setup at the moment? Um, your, your, Your kids and where you're living and what's happening? So I'm living just outside of Birmingham. It's quite rural. I've only just moved in January uh, and I've moved to a house which is nearer to my son's school just to make things a little bit easier for him because we lived about eight miles from the school before. So we were doing the school run and it was, I, I had to take him to school every single day and it was like, oh, I can't take this anymore. How long was, how long was the drive? I did it for about four years, but it's only seven miles. But imagine that at rush hour. It takes about an hour. No it way. It takes about an hour through rush hour, honestly. Two hours of your day. Yeah, it's... it's. Well, I, I never used to pick him up. He used to always get um, the bus home. But I used to always take him to school every single morning. But I did it for four years and I thought, that's enough now. And this is his final year and I've actually moved. I've got round to moving. You moved and it's his final year. So you've done it for four years and then he yes, moved. Yes, I know. What was the point? I know. What was the actual point? But... Honestly, I can't tell you how much it was actually doing my head in. That commute every morning. Just imagine I had to get out of bed. It's terrible. I had to get yeah, also, ready, get dressed. Also, you, you weren't allowed to drive him to school anyway because of lockdown. So it was pointless. You've done it for about four <laughs> weeks. You spent five years at this school doing an hour of that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got into debt. I've got a bigger mortgage. Yeah. 
Thanks for that, Rob. Thanks for making me feel so much better. Thanks. Oh, okay. And my workers, a lot of my workers gone. We've got no money. Great. Yeah. Thanks. You're working from home, Alistair. We've seen you. And actually, your son, he's about, how old's Aiden? 15? Is he 14, 15? He's 15 now, and he's homeschooling. Yeah. 15? He's your cameraman? He's my cameraman, but I do have he's to pay him. Cameraman. I have to pay him, babes. It's not just like... Do you? Yeah, yeah. We negotiate, I think, £5 enough, I think, for a 15-year-old. You know, <laughs> £5 a shot. Um, for a child. Yeah, get up out of bed. He has to get dressed. Labor. He has to get dressed to come and film with me, obviously. If we're filming in the garden, he has to get ready. He has to have shoes on, have a shower, because it's like work. Um, but we negotiated £12.75, and that's what we're going to go with. Every time he films <laughs> for me, it's £12.75. I'm actually filming tomorrow on the show, and they want me to do a picnic. And they were asking if I didn't wants to um, join me. And I've just said no. I just knew he wouldn't want to. He's happy behind the camera, not in front. Yeah, but this morning they've got a lot of money. Well, they're not giving it to me, babes. They're not giving it to me. <laughs> Imagine if he was on a bigger fee than you. <laughs> does he um, Does he get excited by the fact you're on TV, Alison? He really doesn't, babes. Josh, he, do- he doesn't care. I think he's proud because I've seen him. I did Rocky Horror Show last year and I was the narrator mm. and I saw him in the audience and you know you can just tell someone's really proud of you I see like glints of oh that's my mom I think he's really impressed with like how I do things he says I love your Instagram mom you really might make people interested it's really you like make something out of oh. nothing <laughs> he likes the fact <laughs> that I can make something out of nothing yeah but also from a teenage boy you don't get much out of them and never mind any sort of love or admir- admiration at that age do you so anything's a plus or something yeah. yeah and it, do you find that it's hard to get stuff out of them to, to be honest with you, he has his moments. He's still like, there's glints. I still see him as like a little baby. And I still see him like, he does still want to be my best friend. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I go cycling with him and he always says yes. I go, do you want to go for a bike ride? And some people would find that, I think some kids would find that really like, who wants to go around with their mum on a bike? But he loves it. He loves <laughs> going around. They don't go very far because I get really tired. We normally just go around the block. <laughs> And then I'm like, I'm tired now, I'm going back. But he always comes with me, he just enjoys like my company. Oh, but um, I'm nice. thinking of getting an electric bike now because honestly, I'm just knackered the whole time, just going around the block. I want to go further, I want to go into the countryside. So I'm yeah. thinking of getting one of those electric bikes, the hybrid or something like that. Well, you could just move to the country, buy a house nearer there. That's what you normally do when you've got a long journey to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but, but what about his school, babes? He's got a year left at the school. <laughs> you say a year. He's not that... going back, mate. Read the news. <laughs> How's homeschooling gone? Are you a good teacher? I'm a fantastic teacher. I'm amazing. He doesn't listen to me, but I am amazing. I think I'm a brilliant teacher. I think I'm a really good motivator. I can motivate. He just doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so what? how does it work out? Take us through the school day. So in the morning, he does have a sleep in, I'm not going to lie, but I've just had an email to say he's got a lesson at 11.25. So I would wake him up an hour before and I'd say, go and get a shower. Yeah. He'd tell me, no, he's not having a shower today. <laughs> I'll go, okay. <laughs> and then um, the computer goes on and I just listen to the teacher teaching my son. And then afterwards she goes, go off and do this assignment. And I have to just make sure he does it once he's done it. He can go and do whatever he wants, which is normally a game console. What, what, what game? It's the one where he kills lots of people in the street <laughs> and attacks people. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's obviously escapism. Do you miss it though? Do you miss him being little? I do actually. Yeah, of course I do. I loved when they when he didn't answer back and he just sat there looking at me, doughy eyed. It was lovely. I, I miss everything about those times. Feeding times. I used to love doing doing food and mixing different things, broccoli with a bit of meat, put a bit of seasoning in. I'd be like, I wonder if he likes it. I wonder if he likes it. He used to love my food. And then he'd go to Alf's places and he was like, no, I'm not feeling that. It's not seasoned. <laughs> I always seasoned my baby food. My baby food Did was you? on point. I should have sold that baby food. It was amazing. <laughs> I should have. I should have sold What's it. What's your tip? What would you season? <laughs> Salt, pepper. No, I put a bit of all-purpase seasoning in it. <laughs> Sweet potato, a bit of chicken, broccoli, a little bit of all-purpose seasoning, and he used to absolutely love it. All-purpose? But what other, what other purpose is there for, <laughs> than seasoning? It's all-purpose. <laughs> what else are you doing with it? Bald spot on someone's head. All-purpose. <laughs> I've run out of toilet paper. Don't worry. There you go. All-purpose. <laughs> Once this goes out, the rush on all-purpose seasoning at Tesco is going to go absolutely mad. Anything just becomes amazing. A steak, bit of all-purpose. Chicken, bit of all-purpose. Mincemeat, <laughs> bit of all-purpose. It comes out as if you're a chef. Honestly, I'm not even joking. There's absolutely no reason why anyone should be cooking any bland food around here now. Yeah. Did you know I'm a bit of a chef now, guys? Well, I know you've got an ingredient. I'm aware of that. Yeah, you've got you've got one ingredient. <laughs> um, Alison, can you help us? As your boy's older now, we're struggling to get our daughter's potty trained. How did it go for you? Do you know what? I don't. I don't know how I did it, but I'll be honest with you. He just started going to the toilet. It was the weirdest thing ever. He used to wake up in the middle of the night and just go to the toilet. For one day, he just literally went from wearing nappies. I put him into, you know, the pull-ups yeah. so he could start feeling the wetness yeah. and stuff like that. He was like, I don't like this. Literally started going to the toilet. I was like, oh, my God, I am super mum. I am super mum. <laughs> and I don't mean to make you feel bad or anything like that. I'm, it just happened. I was like, oh, my God. But have you ever seen an adult who doesn't go to the toilet? So the thing is, I don't think you should worry because eventually... No. They will go to the toilet. I'm not worried, Alison. I'm not worried because I know that will happen, but I want to know how long I've got to pick up human shit for. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you find it weird that your child's human shit is okay? All you've got to do, Rob, it's very simple. Just add a bit of all-purpose seasoning. It's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lorraine, um, what's your setup parenting-wise? Um, well, we've just got the one, um, and she is a grown woman and far more sensible than I will ever be. And she's she just celebrated her twenty sixth birthday, and she was over in Singapore, um, working in Singapore, been there for the last sort of three and a half years, and I've really missed her. And then she's back here, which is lovely. And like, of course, we're driving her crazy, but that's yeah. kind of our job. Do you, have you defaulted to um, like when she was a teenager again? Have you defaulted to those roles? Not really. It's quite different. I think she is kind of more like the parent. Cooking for us and telling us to tidy up. It's really quite weird. Really? It's mum, you have to tidy up. Or, you know, and she's like, she goes out and like does the shopping and we have to say what we want. It's really quite, actually it's fine. <laughs> It's really quite nice. I'm quite enjoying it. But we do drive her nuts, but that's fine. But you know what? She was quite good. Um, 
the teenage years weren't too bad. I mean, there was a lot of eye rolling and a few doors slammed, but it was actually okay. But the thing with us was I was away for quite a lot because I worked down in, in London and we were all together until she was about 12 and then went back to Scotland for her to go to secondary school in Scotland. And my husband really wanted to go home as well. So I did the commute. Not every morning, surely. Not every morning, <laughs> not every couple of days. It was crazy. It was crazy, but it was doable then because um, Dundee has got an airport, um, tiny, tiny little airport, um, which is so easy, you know, to, to get there and it's just a doddle to check in and everything. It was it was a joy. It was like getting the bus um, and we went from London City. But Steve was the parent that would say, eat your broccoli, brush your teeth, do your homework. And I would be the parent that was like, hey, look, I've got Heat magazine and then free lipstick. And you know, was, <laughs> it was like kind of good cop, bad cop a little bit. So it was a wee bit, a wee bit kind of strange. But it was, it's, it's all the all the time. I mean, I, I just feel as if it's been two minutes ago that she was a wee tiny baby and it's just gone by so fast. I know everybody says that to you, but until you're living it, you, you just, I think it was literally two minutes ago that she was a wee toddler and interested in every, I love the toddling stage when they're interested in everything and it takes you about half an hour just to walk down the street because puddles are really interesting (laughs) and the questions and the why 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 I just I loved all that the curiosity of kids I think is the best thing how was it how was it um as a teenager when you know you were you being so famous and on the telly every day and everyone knowing you know a household name knowing that you know her mum was Lorraine Kelly how how was that as a teenager was she proud of you was she a bit embarrassed (laughs) I would say, on the whole, probably more embarrassed than anything else. I mean, of course, she was really funny. When I remember when she was tiny, and she said to me, and it was before people would come up for selfies, and she did say to me, she says, Mum, why do you scribble your name on bits of paper for people? It's really <laughs> <laughs> And she would look kind of quite bemused. So she's never really known anything else. And, and the thing is, when I'm at home, I'm just her mum. She was never really that impressed, which I think is quite healthy. Although when she was five and she met Westlife, she quite like that do you think uh, like most people obviously the thing that they have is they're like oh my god the early mornings but you were getting up at 5 and anyway so you were yeah. probably getting up first anyway it wasn't a problem for you I know it wasn't that was one <laughs> that was one of the joys of working big that you, you add up and when she was teeny teeny tiny a couple of times I was able to take her into work um and that was because you can just pick them up and carry them so that was okay and obviously, I wouldn't leave her on her own. Who knows that you know one of the one of the team would, would keep a wee watchful eye on her. But um, that, I didn't do that very often. But at least I had the you know I had the occasionally I could do that. They were really good. So you were sat there doing an interview, knowing that there's some runner who's looking after your baby in the kind of green room. <laughs> She'd be sleeping. She was sleeping. But it did, like I say, that probably over the years only happened a handful of times. It was it was only if there was a you know an emergency or something. And of course, I, I, when when I needed them, my mum would come down. I mean, my when she was born, you know, my mum was like right it was 11 o'clock at night um and I phoned my mum and she of course she's in Glasgow and she's like how do I get to you (laughs) obviously I'd say the country's got a kind of view of Lorraine Kelly you're a very kind of clear character would you say as a mum I can't imagine you disciplining a child can you can you tell someone off Lorraine can you get angry no I can't oh yes I can I mean it takes a lot I am like Hulk. you wouldn't like me when I'm angry we saw the Esther McVeigh clip I've seen that (laughs) that I don't do it very often. I really don't. But like, I mean, that's who like my pals know. Do you know what I mean? That's who. That's who, <laughs> when I'm sitting having a few a few drinks. Then that's, that's who they know. And then they say, "Tell me about this one." What do you think? I go, "Well, wait till you hear this." You know. <laughs> to keep her caged and but I, yeah I find it I found it really difficult giving her into trouble but thankfully she hasn't really given as much you know much trouble the thing I am though the thing that I would always say is I'm not her best friend 
I'm her mum. You know how you hear parents sometimes saying, oh, we're really, really good pals. And some people go out with their kids. Not that, I mean, we would go out for something to eat with her or something. But And I would like to think that she tells me everything. Of course she doesn't. Why would she? I'm her mum. Yeah, you don't want to hear everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you've got your pals to tell all these things. So I think I think it's a, a bit of a strange idea to think that you can be your children's friend. And I don't think it's a good thing. So, so if she says, mum... I need to tell you, and you go, I don't want to know, actually. Just tell your mates. So do you try and talk to them about, like, did you find that you totally comfortable talking to your 15-year-old daughter about, you know, boyfriends and what she's up to and all that kind of thing? Yes. My mum, I grew up, and my mum, she would be like, no boyfriends, them just gonna one dig you out. Now, if I break that down in like translate that in English, it means they're just gonna want to have sex. But her word was dig you out. That was that was her dig oh, you out. Yeah. That's, that's a graphic image. Oh, like a fucking highway maintenance worker. Jesus <laughs> Treat it like it's tarmacking. Fucking hell. From your mum. <laughs> and depending on what kind Depending on what kind of person you are, you might actually find that line quite intriguing. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to treat you like HS2, baby. I'm going to overspin <laughs> and dig you out. My dick's going to be like a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shovel dick's turned up. Yeah. Oh, again. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. send that shovel dick. He might not have a job, but he's yeah. got a shovel dick. You know what I mean? So... Could I just ask, was it just your mum's phrase or is everyone saying dig dig you out? I don't think, I think there's a few people that might use the term and it's a very vulgar term, but I think it's in the term of like, there's more context to it, you know, there's more layers to it. It's more about not just the physical, but it's the emotional and mental analogy behind it in the sense of having no respect for you and yeah, digging, just, digging you know... someone out the term I, I was like <laughs> taking the mickey out of them or being horrible if someone's digging you out you go oh they were digging me out for my outfit and stuff not not that term so i think maybe just a, the like the, the, the message was maybe just this disrespect was it just disrespect you Dis- yeah i think that yeah, just like disrespect, you know, have sex with you and leave you and, yeah. and haven't got no, you know, feelings for you. You've got to be careful. That. So I've kind of taken a different tone, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was that a conscious decision then that you thought, well, I didn't really get what I needed. I had questions about dating or growing up and stuff like that, but I didn't really get the chance to speak to my mum about it. Was it a conscious decision to realign think, your approach for your daughter? Yeah, I think so. Because I think, like, my mum was great and, um, you know, my friends, we used to talk with my mum we used to laugh and she'd just say because she was older say the most hilarious things but I still think like in this day and age I think oh I've got to come with a little bit of a different angle I find these kids have got so much other kind of um areas where they can hide information Mm. so I feel like I have to kind of you know what I mean there's so much different apps there's so much different people that their reach of speaking to people is just so wide so I thought you know what let me just try and I I work to both of their different personalities my daughter's more the one that will cringe and not want to hear it um and my son he's open he he knows every he's yeah oh but he wanna he wants to ask questions and he wants the answers my son's a kind of kid where he knows the answers already especially if it's quite a 
uncomfortable question, but he will still ask you just to see you embarrassed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what kind of things does he ask? He'll just be like, oh, um, you know, so labour was really hard. I heard there was a thing called tearing. Oh. What is that, Mum? <laughs> My God. Bloody <laughs> yeah. hell. I only heard that three years ago. Yeah. yeah this, well, this is what I'm saying. He, like, he would ask, I don't know if he's asked that specific question, but that in a kind of, under, he will ask like a real deep where you're like, what the hell are you? Yeah. Are you Do you ever double down and try and embarrass him back? Nah, this Have kid. Have you ever tried that as an option? Nah, this kid's different, man. He's, he's got, he, <laughs> he, I swear down, he's, he's a different, this different's a different breed. <laughs> Hi, lads. Hi, darling. Hi, my love. I like the uh, French headboard you've got right behind you. Where yeah, I'm, I'm. We're renting. I'm renting a house at the moment to do um, all the promo in. Don't worry, babe. I've got all the four kids covered over here. I got it. Oh, fuck off! We've <laughs> been doing that for the last two weeks, three weeks. Because I've been I... alone with the four kids for three weeks. No, I get it. I totally get it. I've just. I don't think you do. You've got a friend board and you're getting up at 12 30 i don't think you do babe i got up this morning to do breakfast shows on the radio it's all right you can capture all of this domestic for your podcast yeah i mean this is great for the the podcast we should really explain what's going on here we should do you want to explain the situation rob yeah for our so listeners? we have got uh, well it's our first like married couple on the show together and it feels like we've intercepted your own sort of Zoom catch-up. Yeah, we should say you're apart. Yeah, you're in separate locations. The Ida's, Ida's comedy trope for the last three weeks, while well, I've actually been doing stuff like work, is that you're, ooh, traipsing across being a pop star, and, like, I'm looking after the four children, and that's been the... the it, it's actually a, a bit of it's comedic, but a lot of it's not. And the result is, uh, I just go, I'm, I'm putting food on the table. First of all, the majority of it is comedic. There's a grain of it like, yeah, I am looking after the kids. But let's be honest, every time I've called you, you're playing in your golf simulator at the manor. <laughs> I, you have rented a manor with a golf simulator. You're putting in six hours of golf work a day. <laughs> so I apologize yes. if I haven't taken too seriously the hard earnest work that you are doing right now, but there is no golf simulator where I am. I have, my simulator is screaming children. That's my simulator. Has this been the most disjointed start to a podcast yet? No, but I think no, it's a fair representation. I think it's a fair representation of sort of what's going on because you're both in separate places. I just yeah. got all the kids. So how, can you remind us how many children have you got? 800. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember their names. I don't even remember. <laughs> no, it's funny, in court, we have four kids. But in quarantine, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like the amount of kids that we have like quadrupled because I never, I never realized how many kids we had till we were at home with them all day long and schooling them. Yeah. Like, yes. It was all of a sudden like, what is that? Is it the Matrix when 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 what's his name multiplies over and over like the second one? Got, got, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They all became multiple beings because like each scream was four screams. You know, like trying to get a five-year-old and a, and a six-year-old to Zoom at the same time for other applications was quite challenging. Plus, like, you're feeding the baby, the other one's shitting somewhere. I mean, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. By the other one, she meant me. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rob, but I do tell him, for the most part, to clean up his own mess. And how, how old are your kids? 
eight, eight, six, two, and and nine, ten months. Yeah. Wow, Ooh. that is full on. And then where where are you at the moment, then, Robbie? You're in separate locations. Ida's in Switzerland. Where are you? I'm in Oxfordshire. Oh, uh, nice. I've come over to do a promo for my album, Christmas Present. And if I didn't do that, none of these children would eat. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're helping you out with the food, Rob. Have we have yeah. we noted that Robin's doing this interview from bed and he's just woken up and it's like one p.m. I'd like to put some framework around yes, this. Yes, I can confirm that he's still lying in bed, topless. I yeah. assumed he was in LA and you'd got up really early for this, but no, it is midday. It's Oxfordshire. So how <laughs> does this stop? I wouldn't be able to get away with this. So how how are you how are you managing to do this, Robbie, and not get in trouble with Ida? I I got up really early this morning. I did lots of radio shows, breakfast shows to launch my single. Yeah. And then because that was so tiring, I've just had a power nap and now I get up and I do this and then I've got other things to do until nine o'clock this evening. So oh. stick it up your American arse. <laughs> Okay. I will I will I will shove that mild accomplishment up my ass, but I would like to take you to the crowd. What time, Robbie Williams, would you say and be honest, be truly, truly honest, because we are all a witness, what time would you say that you normally get up in the morning? I'd say I've been really good just recently, but since you've known me, which is fifteen years, twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Midday. There yeah. you go. Are you a student? Listen, I suffer with a undiagnosed <laughs> disorder <laughs> called robabism, robism. <laughs> and um, listen, it's I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly but surely. But I, I've had one minute at a time. So when you say been really good recently, what's really good? Um, half past nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. yeah, you're not you're not you're not agree with that either. No, no, I'm not. At, at what point have you gotten it? But half past nine. I've got I've got to fit golf in, babe. <laughs> babe, you make your golf appointments for noon. You don't get up to the golf course at night. You do not get up at nine. Babe, for the last two and a half weeks, I've been getting up at nine o'clock to, to do golf. some serious promo, and then golf in the golf simulator. Yes. I think people will feel, I mean, I'll take it, I'll take it to the group, but it is, it does sound trying to be a pop star, doesn't it? It sounds difficult. It's difficult for me and Rob, obviously, because we've got fake jobs as well. Yeah. What time do you guys get up for, with your fake jobs and your fake jobs? I got up at 6.30 this morning. Wow. Yeah. I get up about seven every day with the kids. But you see them in the morning. You see them in the morning. Yes. yes. I, I walk mine to school. That's kind of you. Yeah. I pick mine, I pick mine up. I can't do the pickup, so I, I do the morning. That's what I do. I can't do the morning, so I do the pickup. There we go, Rob. We should have a child together. We'd be a perfect yeah, couple. Yeah. But what, what time do your kids normally wake up then, Ida? Uh, they wake up at about 7.30. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, that's not good, bad. They're good it? sleepers. They're good sleepers. They're very yeah. good sleepers. They get that from the dad. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't. I've got a question about this power nap you've had, Robbie, where I would, uh, if I have a power nap, that's normally, you know, fully clothed on the sofa. You you are basically naked at the moment. I, I've never stripped to nothing to have a power nap before. That's just going to bed, isn't it? I did all of the interviews this morning for the radio people. Um, some of them were, were actual Zoom in the studio. 
I did all of them like this because I'm an eccentric pop star. <laughs> <laughs> you did not do the radio interviews like that, did you, Ben? Did you really do a topless in bed? Yeah. Wow. Strong show. You, you married an eccentric pop star. You know about me. Do you think that if you just keep re- repeating eccentric pop star, that will just bypass it and we'll just go, oh, it's just an eccentric pop star? Okay, let me ask you this, Ada Williams. Am I an eccentric pop star? You are an eccentric pop star. Okay, thank you. But how long could that last? Will you be like an old people's home when you're 90 and you just shit yourself and they go, oh, he's shit himself. Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I'm old. I'm just an eccentric pop star. <laughs> I found, I don't know about you, Josh, when you go away on tour, I used, I'm a really hands-on dad. And when I'm at home, I, I, it's completely 50-50. But then when you go away for a couple of weeks and then you come home, you've sort of forgotten how to do it. It's sort of like, yeah. you know, you just, it can just go so quick. And then you feel a bit like alien. And then you've got to relearn all the little routines and stuff. And then sometimes it's easier just to go, oh, I've got another bit of work and sort of escape yeah. off again. And then yeah. you sort of, and it's weird because you sort of aren't confident enough to establish yourself as a dad, but then, and then you sort of, sort of take that way yeah. out. It's, it's, it's very difficult to come back and forth like after yeah. filming periods. Well, I've, I've really noticed it now, much more so in a way this time, because when I have had to go to work, I mean, and, and even though we're like, Anna and Lyra have come, you know, we've all come together to New York when I've filmed um, before Christmas. Um, so we would all be living together in the apartment there, but I would go off to work, you know, in the studio for yeah. the day and then come back and maybe, you know, come back after Lyra's gone to bed. So I wouldn't see her until the next morning, maybe. And I'd notice a difference. Like she yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't maybe acknowledge me first thing in the morning. Or so. It would be different. Yeah. And that's just from being away for a bit of the day, let alone like away for two weeks, like I used to do with, you know, with Lily. I, I, I really notice it. Yeah. I, I've noticed that a lot, actually, when you, you go, you're like, Come on, mate. I've just been to work. Give me a break. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> that food you're eating is because of me going away and working. So let's have a little bit more. Yeah. We, huh? I There's a lot of that going on. Oh, yeah. I don't like, well, I've not eaten it anyway. So you didn't eat it yet the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And she just lets it dribble down her mouth. That's what Lyra's doing at the moment. She's got the, I think, I think we're getting the point where we're realizing we can't give her like the sort of pureed food anymore. Oh, you know, I hated pouches. that stage. I found it so oh. difficult with the getting onto food. Because she's, yeah, you, she's eating, she's, we're, you know, putting it in her mouth and then she's just looking at us in the eye and just letting it dribble down <laughs> her face. And she knows what she's doing. Now, I don't know if you remember this period, but she's at that period where if you tell her off, she just thinks it's funny. Like she, and on the one hand, that's kind of a bit annoying because you, you know, you want to go, no, don't put your fingers in that socket. Don't pick yeah. that knife up. You know, you want to like instill in other. But on the other hand, I'm sort of living in, in terror a little bit at that moment where she realizes she is being told off. You know that? Because at the moment she yeah. just doesn't have yeah. that. Even if we if we get you know scared about something and, and and raise our voices or you know are a bit sharp with her, she just thinks it's funny. Yeah, that is horrible when they get out. If you do go no like that, and then they cry because you you actually make them jump. Yeah, because so, yeah, you, you're yeah. panicked, and then they get scared, and then it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, oh, it's like the first time you see if they cut themselves. I remember oh, that with yeah. Lily as well. First, she she bumped her lip on something, Lily, when she was very little. And, and her lip was bleeding. I just remember that feeling of yeah. seeing your, your child's blood. Oh, it's like, 
oh, it chilled me. And the same with Lyra when she bumped her head one time as well. It's, oh, it's a horrible feeling that, isn't it? Seeing them it's, like that. It's grim. It's, it's the, I, th- I think that one where you say like that situation where like they think they're being told off and it's funny. Have you got into this situation where they'll do something and you'll laugh and then you've created a running joke that's where every time you laugh, it's reinforcing bad behaviour. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I've got in this running joke now where so so she'll say it's cuddle time and then she'll cuddle her mum. Yeah. And then I'll go, I said, oh, is it my cuddle time? And she said, no. And we both laughed. And now I haven't had a cuddle in four days. Because <laughs> she's just funny. Yeah, yeah. She thinks it's funny. funny. She loves she loves to go, it's not your cuddle time. I'm like, all right, mate, a joke's a joke in this situation. Come on. <laughs> That's it for this special best of episode. We'll be back next week. If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. But do you know what a snake's penis looks like? <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social media. Ten characters long. People do their shoes up. I don't care if you're watching. Boot cut jeans. What's upset you now? Hello, I'm Paul McCaffrey. And I'm Sean Wall. And we are the hosts of the hit podcast, What's Upset You Now? Each episode is only 15 minutes long. That is perfect for your commute. Absolutely perfect. What, a little 15-minute bus drive to work? Stick an episode of What's Upset You Now on? What's it all about, Sean? Well, me and Paul and a big-name comedy guest such as Tom Allen or Rob Beckett or Josh Widdicombe will rant about what has got our goat that week for only 15 minutes. All those little things, like, for example, do you know Gatwick Airport are now charging you £5 to get dropped off at their door? And now the sun's back out and people are off doing yoga in the park again. (laughs) New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. What's upset you now with me, Paul McCaffrey. And me, Sean Walsh. Hello, I'm Tom Crane. And I'm Simran Shah. And we're the hosts of the new food and comedy podcast, My Favourite Takeaway, where each week we're invited into the home of a celebrity guest to share their favourite takeaway, exactly as they'd normally have it. We'll be trying it all, from Peruvian street food slouched on James A. Castor's L-shaped sofa. To an antique and feast huddled around Andy Oliver's dinner table. Via an alfresco Indian takeaway sat in Tom Allen's garden. And we also want to hear from you, the listener. Your takeaway disasters. Your weird habits. And your personal takeaways. Takeaway recommendations. You can follow us on Insta, My Favourite Takeaway Podcast, on Twitter at Fave Takeaway Pod, or you can email us hello at myfavouritetakeawaypodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. My Favourite Takeaway, the podcast for anyone who loves food but can't always be bothered to cook it. Available on all podcast platforms now. Hello, Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Sue's being queer? Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it. There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins. <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That sounded quite professional, didn't it? Mm. 